and welcome back to Joygasm, a video game and movie podcast. I'm Russ, he is Steve, and From Software makes it hurt so good in episode 269 today, April. What is this? 14th! It's gotta be the 14th, Russ. 14th, 2022. We are yeah. going to be getting right into our topic of the day, which is the Elden Ring impressions. So there's no need to fast forward whatsoever. And this has been something that I've been looking forward to talking about for some time ever since the game came out. But before we get started, be sure to find a point of grace on that subscribe button and bash in that notification bell. That way you will not miss a single solitary episode of Joygasm, which drops once a week every week. Steve. My goodness, this uh, particular episode has been punted and delayed yeah. a number of times. I say. Which, uh, you know, I must say it is actually for the best. Probably for our benefit. Our but benefit. it is late. Sorry about that. It is a bit, yeah, we, we are somewhat of a late bloomer when it comes to this. It's insane because when I go onto Reddit and I, I go to the Elden Ring channel, it is insane. Like, there are people who have already beaten the game. They're already on New Game Plus. They're leveled up like 150 plus. Ah, I mean, yeah. it's just insane. I'm like, where do these people find the time to be able to, to do what they do? But you know what? Nothing but respect that I bestow. R-E-S-P-E. All of you who, who are just like the the Elden Ring pros, the elders of the Elden Ring. The Elden Rung. Yes. As in rung it out. Oh. I wouldn't I wouldn't that's a little negative connotation there, Steve. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry about that. <clears throat> we'll just say that they are very loyal to the game. Now, I thought it'd be fun to be able to talk about, well, in terms of kicking this off. Oh. Talking about, like, how we came into playing this game. In my case, the first From Software title that I played mm. was Sekiro Shadows Die Twice. Sure. And you have heard the story about that already. I about have. how, like, this is the, the title that, like, I have never been more violently enraged at mm. uh, ever before. And I've played a lot of games. I've played a lot of games that have been hard and, and so on and so forth in my gaming career. But that was the one game where like I had never felt my blood pressure boil to that point. And everything was just so constantly intense. You had to be on your A game the whole entire time. And it ended up being my favorite game of the year. Mm. And consequently, like, you know, I have just really taken a break so to speak from a you know any kind of from software title but i was very curious about what other kind of titles that they had made i was already familiar with the whole like dark souls series which i never played mm. but then i looked and then you know they have like bloodborne which also caught my attention i was like oh that's kind of a a nice theme a cool world and stuff but i ended up not playing it yet mm. and they had a couple of other titles as well. So it was interesting to me because I had initially just sworn off any future from software titles because of the <laughs> sheer intensity that I experienced with Sekiro. Like I was just like, I'm one and done. Like that's, that's how I'm going to be just for my own health. I feel like I was going to have a, like a stroke or a heart attack. 
And yet here I am, you know, I kept hearing all of these wonderful things about Elden Ring. And so finally I came to you and I just said, you know, I think we're going to need to try this game out because tons of people are playing it. Everybody's loving it. And, uh, and furthermore, that's kind of where you come in because right. you've never played a From Software I title. Played Jack, and so you know, I thought it would be a, a nice introduction into what the experience is in a, uh, a From Software title. And mm. so you know, this has been your first foray. And what's interesting is, is, is last night I ended up looking onto um, the Xbox app ah. since, since we have the, we both have the game for Xbox series X. So I did a little compare thing on the app and I was thinking, you know, I wonder how many hours Steve has versus how many hours I have. So I, I look at mine. I was like, well, okay. You know, I've got about roughly tw- uh, 25 hours of gameplay into the game. Probably have more than that. <sighs> Steve, you had as of last night and you were online as I was checking. So I knew that you were like playing even longer, but like, when I checked, you had somewhere in the vicinity of like 55 hours. Sounds about right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sounds about right. But that's also, I think, so... <laughs> you see, what happens is uh, there's times where I need to like just step away for a little bit. And if I can find a spot where I'm not going to get killed by the air I breathe or like if a tree branch doesn't sway too hard An and slaps starts me, to gnaw on your boot. Yeah. Like it's just a poisonous ant and like just the most poisonous ant on earth. Um, then I can like step away, like get a glass of water or something and make maybe just go outside and like breathe, talk to my <laughs> wife and then like, you know, try it again. So like not that's, that's 55 hours. Of, like not all, you know, this guy consistent. You just, you just left the game on your TV. I didn't turn the thing off. Yeah, I didn't turn it off. I'm like, I got to step away. I like, I really want to go back and play. Like, I'm not done. <laughs> he literally I'm has done. like 25. He has the same amount of time I have playing it. And the rest of like the other 25 to 30 hours is just like idle animations. of without <laughs> while he's getting a breath of fresh air, he's like, okay. Woo. Just leave the game on as I go to bed. Come back up. I'm ready to play again. It's good. I don't want to waste the time of turning on the Xbox. I just yeah. want to turn on TV and go. Exactly. Um, so I want to kick it over to you a bit, though, oh, just okay. because this is the first time that you are playing a From Software title. What are your your first kind of uh, thoughts? What, what's your, your your experience with it so far? Tell I, us, Steve. So here's, here's what I will say. Um, I started off kind of dreading it. Oh, you know, understandably so. I mean, if, again, From Software titles are renowned like they have a reputation something something floating in the there (laughs) thank you steve um anyway they have a reputation for being some of the hardest titles in the entire gaming industry right like they they wear that both the company and the gamers who are fans of these titles they wear that as like a badge of honor well yes and then other people i've spoken to go oh it's going to be great. You're going to die so much. You're going <laughs> to die so much. I'm like, that does not sound fun. <laughs> so like, it's going to be great. You're going to love it. You're going to love it. I, I'm not going to love it. So then when I finally did download the game, I literally started playing like after work, after my wife goes yeah. to bed. After It was like 11 o'clock at night and I'm winding down. Which is hilarious because like, I, I know what, what you're, you're getting at because I've done a lot of the same thing. And this is so a game that you do. Like you don't want to play right before you go to sleep because I've had trouble going to sleep. I don't know about Man. you. Well, 
No, I haven't. But like at least so that night though, the initial first night, I, I'm I'm walking through like that first catacomb, yeah. trying to read everything. A lot of stuff is not really sticking. I'm like, ah, pick it up as I go, <laughs> whatever, you know. And so I start walking outside, and I'm getting the nods already. Like, and then I hear like this, ah! like, oh, I fell off a cliff, you know. <laughs> and then I'll start like, I'll get back home. Okay, where I gotta go somewhere. There's a big golden tree out there. Maybe I'll walk towards that. Yeah, and see where it takes it's me. It's big and <laughs> shiny. It looks happy. It looks like a happy tree. It looks safe over there. <laughs> And so, <laughs> and so I just keep walking and I get the nods again. I wake up, I'm like, just like walking into a tree, like just, you know. <sighs> so that's where I, that's where the whole thing punted off, right? Uh-huh. So I finally get to some enemies and then die. I'm like, okay, well, try again. Were they like the soldiers? Just like or? the regular first soldier, like yeah. the very first enemies. Yeah, they're like, F you. <laughs> yeah, I think it was like maybe maybe even a deer got mad at me and like just punt like, Punched me. Yes. I don't know. Even the animals. I mean, the an- have you have you gotten rammed by yes. some of the, the rams? Yes. I'm just like, what? Even the rams don't want me here. So anyhow, I, that night, I was not looking forward to doing this review or uh-huh. like this impression. So I'm like, I'm, I'm going to bed. Like I'm I'm not happy now. Yeah. And I don't want to go forward playing this game. So that night passed, and that that was like that was the that was like we, a month ago. Or Pretty much. Three yeah. weeks ago? At least three weeks. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. So then I tried it the next night, and the next night, and the next night, and the next night. And I just, it's almost like I would inch my way forward to, right. to progress. And I guess I'm used to like mobile games because you have to kind of grind. Yeah, I don't pay Jack in these <laughs> mobile games. And so I, and so I just grind and grind and grind. And I'm just kind of used to it. So I thought, you know what? All right. Everybody I kill, I'm just going to. Go to the save point, like make sure I'm healed so that I can go forward for the next one. Steve's like the anomaly customer that all bubble gaming companies dread. He's like the nightmare that they dread because he will not spend it. Why? I mean, at least my understanding is I don't think you've put any money into your. I No, one game I did. I think it was, uh, I forgot if it was Clash of Clans or Clash Royale. Okay. But if they had like this red promotion. Okay. And so I think it was like, you know, they give some proceeds to AIDS or something. I don't know. I forgot what it was. It was years ago. And I just, I thought I put like five bucks and it's all I asked for. I'm like, yeah, throw five bucks in there. That's it. For years. <laughs> and I just five bucks. He's played that game. I don't even know how many hours Man. you have into the, into those games. You played it for years and that that's it. So yeah, it's, uh, but you know, it, it's an admirable trait just thinking about how, you have that self-control, and you also have that tenacity to actually do the grind. Right. <laughs> anyway, I don't mean to digress <laughs> off that, but that's just a funny side note. So um, I, I just found myself getting a bit stronger and a bit stronger and a bit stronger. But I, but I thought I'm not. I can't go anywhere. Yeah. So I'm gonna assume I'm not gonna get far until I get strong. So the enemies kept respawning every time you go to the grace point. Yep. And um, I just got to a point where I got a bit tired of of slaughtering the same enemies and when you level up of course you have to get more and more runes to level up you can't just go oh i got 20 <laughs> there you go <laughs> system computer give me some strength um and so that i and then i would push forward or, or push to the side or push north or push back or you know push somewhere where i wouldn't die as much um and so that's really been my experience is um just traversing the the map and going to places where I I won't die as quick. Uh huh. Um, that being said, though, I have no clue what's happening in the story. Sure. All I know is I'm a good guy. 
I'm meeting some other people who happen to be alive. <laughs> They're like, how's it going? Like, hey, you want to buy something? <laughs> You're just like, how do you survive in this environment? <laughs> I mean, you like showing up with like, what are those things called that you, uh, the cr- you show up in crutches and aghast yeah. and like your like, hey. face is gashed and stuff. <sighs> yeah. Doing okay. How exactly is you, are you and your horse still alive in this <laughs> climate? God, like you just see that thing that was, it's <laughs> like five of me over there. Yeah. How are you alive? Yeah, exactly. Man. So anyhow, um, so I've been running into, of course, big bosses uh-huh. and tough enemies, and um, it's taken a long time to annihilate them. But here's what I will say is, and I don't know how this really works. I can take some guesses, but this is like the only game where I get to a point. Actually, I don't get to that point. I I, I want to try again, and I want to try again, mm-hmm. and I want to try again. Mm-hmm. Other other games do that. I'm like, I'm done. Mm-hmm. Like, I'll put it down. Like, look, this ain't that fun anymore. I don't, you know, I can name some well-known games where I just put it down because it didn't. It, it wasn't fun anymore. Yeah, yeah. So this is the first experience I had where, um, I mean, I I would die just brutal death. Yeah. Just, I mean, my character's sc- <laughs> like screaming, <laughs> like, man, I feel bad. That must have really hurt. Yeah. Um, getting cleaved in two by that big sword. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> the sword is huge. <laughs> He's going to feel that in the morning. Yeah. Uh, but I think what it is, is that, um, I don't know, they, they, I think the way they treat you is like, yeah, okay, you're going to die a lot. Man up or woman up, you know, and just keep going forward and keep pressing. And it, it, they don't like mock you when you die. No. And you die, if you die, it's like in a magnificent, glorious death. Oh, and I mean, so it's like, there's no question. You're like, I'm not, dead. Yeah. It's like, it's not like they uh, just flicked you and then you you do well sometimes what happens but um but anyway you don't feel like a moron when you like when you die yeah and so you feel like you gave it your all yeah and you died and then when they bring you back um i don't know if it's that that sound that it makes or him getting up again and, and, and just giving it his, i don't know what it is i have no freaking clue what it is but once i respawn i'm i'm willing if not more so willing right to go forward and try it again and yeah. try it again. And so even though I have no idea where I'm going yeah. at all, right. um, I want to explore and I want to do away with all the baddies that wish to do me and anybody else in this map harm. Sure. Sort of thing. That's my desire. That's like the ultimate goal right now for the game. Yeah. And that's what's like driving me forward. That's what's keeping me up late at night. Yeah, yeah. Um, so anyway, that that's that's basically my where I'm at with it. Yeah, that is um part of the secret sauce that from software injects into every single one of their titles. It was the same thing for me when I was playing Sekiro where I mean, I, like I was saying earlier, I would be so pissed. I would be so enraged. I'd be so mad. Uh, but I, it wasn't one of those types of experiences where I would want to just all of a sudden just pitch the game and be like, this is garbage. <laughs> you know, like I, I had the same exact type of response that you did, which is like, I want to give it another shot. I'm going to try it again. I'm going to try it again. I'm going to try it again. And that was when I learned about kind of the the popular phrase, get good, which really spawned a lot from uh, the From Software titles. And for whatever reason, they have perfected that formula where like they will just punish you. They will beat you to a pulp. Like you will just be so mercilessly destroyed, yet you want to go back and try it again. And I think that that is... It, 
it's a hard thing to do because like to your point, I mean, there are plenty of games out there that maybe are hard or whatever, but like it doesn't have that like desire instilled in you to want to like give it another shot and give it another shot. Yeah, I just wonder what they do. I wonder how they must've talked about it or decided something's got to look a certain way or sound a certain way to, and to, to create that emotion or that emotional response. Right. That, you know, to pick yourself up, dust off your boots and keep going. What is interesting to me is how they rinse and repeat a lot of the combat gameplay mechanics with the games, at least the games that I've played. Um, I assume it, it just gets pushed into the, their other games as well. But you have um, like like the, these intense boss counters and encounters, excuse me, and you will have these these instances where you just die and die and try again, try again, try again, that sort of thing. And you know, one of the, the key differences between Sekiro versus Elden Ring that I've personally noticed is that in Sekiro, they had like, I think if I remember correctly, it was called like a posture meter that existed at the top center of the screen because the idea was that you wanted to be able to parry and block your enemy strikes to the point where they lose their posture. And then you could really go in for like a killer blow or critical hit and I remember even like like at the last boss that I was fighting, I mean, it was just, there was no room for error. Like if you messed up, like he would just take out most, if not your all of your life. And I remember having that, that sense of accomplishment when I finally was able to beat that particular end boss within Sekiro. I mean, I was just, I was floored. I could not believe it. And, it, and I remember the, the time I actually did it, it was like, the the in boss barely got in a hit. I don't know. If, uh, he probably hit me once or twice or something like that. I don't remember exactly, but there was such a sense of achievement with that. And in Elden Ring, they actually don't have that. And what's interesting is that w- I've noticed in Elden Ring because it has more of an open world type of of uh, setup is it has kind of like this peaks and valleys situation where like you'll be in combat and the combat's really intense. But then there's also moments where like I'm on my horse, I'm on torrent and I'm just riding around I'm exploring and discovering new parts of the world and stuff. And it's a lot more easygoing, low key. I can choose more like, like if I want to engage baddies or not, you know, just take evasive action and, and that sort of thing, which you could, you could take evasive action to a point within Sekiro. But I mean, the world wasn't open like this. And also like they, they really wanted you to, I mean, it's like the whole ninja samurai engagement kind of thing. Right. So they, they did have little tweaks and differences and that sort of thing. But in this game, you're absolutely having to go out there, figure out how to survive. And then what's crazy is, is that as you go along, once you've like leveled up to a certain point or, or you've gotten used to certain enemy types, what once was like this daunting, horrific, scary adversary suddenly is no longer that scary or that yeah. it's, it's, it's the weirdest thing. It's, it's like they, they have this um, side to the game where like they desensitize you. It's like you, when you first come across certain types of enemies, you're, you're just like, like, you're just, you know, you're almost kind of petrified because yeah. of like of the grotesque, huge, like just, threat that stands before you, this menacing thing. And then like, by the time you've died about a hundred thousand times, then suddenly you look up and you're like, you want some, come on and get it. You know? And and, and it's, it's kind of a a nice side effect. It is. Um, until you die and not recover your runes. Yes. That could be quite frustrating. And that is also another signature of from software's new 
I lost like 50,000 runes once. Oh boy. That was the end of that night. <laughs> you decided to turn the power off on that? Yeah, I was, uh, it was like towards the second boss. You're kind of making your way through the castle. It's like right after, actually, I think you killed the first boss. And the, fir- the first boss, as far as like the story is concerned, the yeah. first boss with the cutscene. You're, you're talking the gatekeeper to the castle? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so I'm going through the castle at that point, but it's early on, like you're making your way up at the side steps and stuff. Mm-hmm. And at some point after that, I died. Um, like right when you go in the dark room, mm-hmm. and there's that soldier that's there and you're just like, hey, what's up, stab? <laughs> um, and then so I'm like, oh no, I, I can, because I, I had so many runes because I just defeated that yeah. boss. Why didn't I not level up? Don't know. But you learn your lesson, don't you? Uh, so I, I'm going up the steps. I'm like, yeah, I'll kill those. There's only three guys. They were like ganged up on me. Yeah. And like, I, they got me into a quarter. I'm like, no, 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 no. Roll, roll, roll. Get out of there. And then they just killed me. I'm like, 50,000 runes. Yeah. <laughs> They're gone. I'm going to bed. I had a similar situation. It wasn't as many as 50,000. I had 15,000. Yeah. But that was toward the beginning of my playthrough. And I felt like, I was like, wow, I'm like, I'm, I'm amassing a fair amount, you know, and again, being new to the game, I have no idea like how many you can amass or what, I, you know, I'm, I'm just getting my bearings, so to speak. And so um, I was just heartbroken when I lost those 15,000 because I could have applied it. And I even, I went back on onto that Reddit page and I was like airing my grievances and like, you know, the, the Elden Ring community on Reddit is super supportive and nice. And they're like, Oh dude, don't even worry about it. Like, just wait, like 15,000 is nothing. Like the further you get into the game, like he's like, you're going to be losing like a hundred thousand on the regular. And it's just, it's just whatever. Like you got to like not pay attention to that so much. Just play the game and enjoy it. You will actually have a whole lot more fun if you do so. So I was like, okay, thanks guys. Thanks. I licked my wounds, you know, and uh, and got back to it. So I would anyway. have to say I'm at, I think I have to be around 20,000 runes right right now though. Currently? Yeah. That's still that's great cuz like I mean at least where I am in the game I'm not at a point where I can um easily gain like rune after rune after rune. I mean like I I'm kind of in the area where like oh you know I'll get like 3 to 5,000 or whatever, you know, and then I'm actually really good at going around the world and collecting the actual runes themselves. I'll right. see them on the grave sites or whatever. I'm like, ooh, I'll take that. You're not going to miss that because you did. <laughs> so, um, you don't care about this anymore. <laughs> Yeah, hold on, roll I do so feel kind of dirty yeah. though. Like you go to like the graveside and you're like taking it. You're like, mm, yeah. Well, just gonna take is this anybody and, uh, watching me do this? <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's a good looking rune. <laughs> Uh, so you know but you can you get some golden runes and you use them as consumables correct i did not know that in the beginning i didn't either and so i was collecting them and collecting them i'm like what do i do all this crap like my inventory (laughs) i know nothing about like i have weapons i know what those do yeah i have armor most of which i can't equip I know what that does. Mm-hmm. I've crafted nothing. Right. And um, all these consumables, all these like recipes. No clue, Russ. No clue. No clue. 
No clue. You are not alone. I'm in the same boat. I too have not crafted anything. I'm, I'm still in that learning process regarding the inventory. And I think it's worth talking about since you brought it up. Oh yeah, sure. I would say that the inventory UI is actually one of the, the weak points of the game where I'm looking at it. First of all, it reminds me somewhat, um, just the way it looks, how it interacts, everything else. Um, it reminds me of Soul Calibur Six. Because I was going through the, the the UI for that game, which is also from Namco, and you can tell, I don't know if it's the same UI designer or if they have kind of a template that they use or whatever, but like there are certain types of familiarities um, between the two. But seeing as how this game is, is essentially like an action RPG, it is... Um, a little bit frustrating to have to navigate through the UI. I feel like like there needs to be another iteration to it to like kind of clean things up a bit because there's just so much on screen. Like when you activate your either your inventory or your equipment or whatever, and I'm looking, I'm like, okay, I'm familiar with like this section and this section, but I don't know what this is or that or whatever, you know, and eventually I'm gonna understand it, but I just feel like with the sheer amount of information that they're displaying, I feel like like they could have done um, a more thoughtful job with how they organize everything. Yeah, I would say, well, I don't know about organizing, but I would say describing or instructing on, on yes. what to do with it because that's partly why I just don't touch it because I don't, I want to, I don't want to like lose something right. or use it at the wrong time. And then like, Oh no, you were supposed to use like much later in the game. And now you don't have, I'm like, ah, oh, nuts. But yeah. I don't know. And, and or, or like some like the Ashes of War. I mean, I guess like I, I didn't know if I could just use it on one weapon. So I'm like, okay, my weapon is weak. Is this a one-time thing? Um, I'm going to get more later. I mean, so now I know. Well, actually, so maybe you can educate me on this because I share the same concern where I really don't have a firm grasp on the Ashes of War because I, I I look at certain things that I've collected where it's like, oh, you can apply this to your weapon. Right. But then I saw something in the in the instructions about how like once you use it, you lose it or you can't apply another thing to the weapon or something along those lines where like there, there are there is a certain consequence that will get triggered if you decide you want to apply, say, this Ash of War or whatever to your weapon. Is that, I mean, do you have more clarity than me on that? Slightly. I mean, you can apply an Ash of War to a weapon or your shield, as far as I know, but it's only like one, I think. Well, they have, they have like that little slot next to the slot that shows what weapon you currently have right. equipped. So I get that. I'm just wondering, is it like, like once you apply something to that slot, you can never swap it out or it maybe they, maybe you can swap it out, right. but then once you swap it out, does that mean that that older ash of war now just kind of disappears or does it go back in your inventory? What uh, my understanding is it goes back in your inventory. So you okay. can, you can, well, you can cool. yeah, swap them out for different weapons. But like sometimes like I got, I got this barricade shield and I didn't have to do anything with it. Like I got it and then all of a sudden it was just equipped and I had it. So I never had to do anything. Oh, weird. And so I'm like, okay, so how, I have to equip some things and not others. And, but there was no instruction of what to really do. Um, so I don't know. I can't read these. these I, part of the reason I can't craft is because I can't even open up the craft, but I have the, the pot. Yeah. 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 I, ha I bought like the crafting kit 
and I have like tons of flowery things and mushrooms and like Me too. Yeah. fruit or whatever it is. Like, I, I, I can't, okay, what do I do with it? Right. Yeah, you'll find out soon enough. Okay, how soon? I'm 55 hours in. How, where am I going to find out? <laughs> you know, um, and I mean, it took me forever. Like I, it explained um, Torrent in uh-huh. the very beginning, of course. Mm-hmm. And I, I must have read it too fast or something. And then I missed it. And so I thought, okay, so to use my horse... I have to basically pause the game, go into my inventory, arrow over to where that ring is, right. click it, and then I get my horse. That seems kind of excessive. I wish it was just a quicker way, and I and I just stumbled on it. Oh, I just kind of link it over this way. What if I can just like two button it now? I'm like, oh, that works. That's how everyone's doing it. Yeah. But because I missed it and there was no instructions, like, sorry about that. Yeah, you'll pick it up maybe sometime. Well, and and I also think too, and as a suggestion to what it is that you're describing. I kind of wish that the whole pouch mechanism that they have, first of all, I think it's cool. I like the idea. The concept is cool. My suggestion would be though, that you would just automatically apply like the ring that you use to, to beckon uh, torrent to come up whenever you need to just automatically assign it to the pouch. Don't have us have to manually go in and figure that out. And especially because the pouch has, I think, like four different slots at least, if not more. But the idea being that, like, maybe, like, there could be an automated process where, like, different items that work with the pouch just automatically get put into one of those slots. And then, you know, if you try to access it, there would be instructions. Or maybe, like, you get another item that can't fit in there. And at that point, then all of a sudden, like, there's a tutorial, like, how to swap out stuff or whatever. But... I just feel like, like there should have been more of a um, automated process with these different items because I'm with you. Like like when I first got it, I'm like, how on earth do I use it? How do I equip it? There just wasn't a way to like inform me in, in, in an expeditious way. Right. I would have to branch off that though too and say if there was just a a way to pause the game. Yes. Without going to a grace point. Like, oh, I think technically you can pause it if you go to the map. No. 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 You still get hit. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, right. Why do I get the feeling you've had this personal experience? So I'm like, oh, well, I mean, so because I I would go to the inventory. I'm like, I can still see myself moving around. I must be I can get hit. And all of a sudden, well, that's you know, the inventory screen, though. What about I, the map? I know. So uh, I thought, okay, well, I can't pause it that way. I'll go to the map. I mean, I can't see the enemies at that point. I can't move, so that must mean they can't see me. Yeah. Clearly, if I have a map in front of my face, they can't see me. Yeah, right. I'm in... <laughs> so <laughs> you look at me like, ah, 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 yeah. I've got the map Just, up. <laughs> you have to wait your turn. Unfold it. Yeah. Can't see me. <laughs> This paper thin thing right here, the shield. That'd be so funny if that actually worked in real life. Yeah. You're just like, I'm going to keep staring at this map. Man. You can't do a thing about it. The wolves are sitting there. Okay, he's going to put that map down. <laughs> yeah. Any day now. <laughs> so uh, I, I was like, okay, where am I? Where do I want to go? Okay, okay. All right, right here. Maybe I'll go south a bit, cross the bridge. <laughs> that was my arm, wasn't it? Back to the grace point. Like, okay, so. Why do I feel 30 pounds lighter all of a sudden? Man. Yeah. Am I seen my arm? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I'm not. No, 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 fence, no, fence. Here's the other arm. Just merely oh, a flesh man. wound. I'm not trying to hurt anybody. <laughs> Gosh. So, anyhow, I'm like, I can't pause the game. So I'm playing. I'm like, I just want to get a drink of water. Or 
I need to use the bathroom. Yeah. Where's a grace point? And I didn't know at the, at the time that I could just like go to a great, like um, fast travel to a grace point. But sometimes if an enemy is around, I can't just like pause it and you can't fast travel with if an enemy's around. You have to wait till you're, there's nobody there and then you can fast travel. Right. Um, but sometimes if they're chasing, you just can't just you know, set the thing down and, 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 or you have to leave where you're at. So if you've progressed down a long way and there is no grace point near you right. to pause the game. You have to go all the way back to like an, another grace point. And granted, there's a lot of them spread throughout the map, but you got to find them. Mm-hmm. And there's been times where I'm wandering around like, man, if I die, yeah. I'm going to have to go back to the beginning of the game. Which you know? honestly, I like. I like that about the game because it creates tension. Like, you're not supposed to be in like the safe space of a world. Like, like the, I think it's really neat that they... Like to give you an idea, I was in the the castle area. You know, I was beyond the gate, and I was in the castle, and I had traveled a fair amount of way away from my last point of grace. I had, and I had spent all of my healing potions and my FP potion, and like even you know my little. Uh, I'm the confessor class, so I have some healing uh, magic that I can do. I've spent all of that. I mean, my and my health was like one third of the entire bar, and so it caused me to really, you know, just kind of like put my head on the <laughs> swivel and, and I was doing the whole like, uh, Sam Fisher splinter cell, like crouch walk. Cause I'm going around. You don't see me. And, uh, luckily I was able to kind of get around some I'm of in the, the AC ducks. Yeah. yeah <laughs> you're, 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 uh, in the, what was it? Limgrave? Is that how you pronounce yeah. it? You got your like night vision calls. <laughs> oh, it's oh no. <laughs> So no, but, but like, and I actually, eventually I did find it and there's such a sense of relief when you, you stumble across a new uh, point of grace. You're like, Oh, there it is. And then you're just, you're just praying that no one leaps out and takes you out as you're about 20 yards away from the point of grace closing in. And that's the thing too. Even if you're at the point of grace, yeah, you still can die. You have to like literally be <laughs> sitting, resting at the point of grace and then, cause there's a time the golden, <laughs> the golden night, like in the beginning of the game, Yeah, I was taunting on the him, horse, on the horse. I'm like, I'm taunting him like, ah, and I run over to the church. I'm like, I'm at the grace point. He's like, and he's like bust through the church. He goes, <laughs> I guess that doesn't work. Uh, note to self, do not Man. taunt ginormously huge golden warriors on a big freaking yeah. horse. Don't taunt people with bigger weapons. Larger than your body. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I don't know. It just gets, so, I mean, yeah, you make, I, yeah, you make a point. The world ain't safe. I got it. But like, I mean, th- I, think of, think of like Resident Evil. I, right. But Resident Evil has like, yes, you can pause it. No, no, I'm not talking about the pause. Cause I totally agree. I think that that needs to be fixed. I think that that would be actually be a pretty easy fix for, from software to, to implement into that. And there have been a lot of people who've echoed the same sentiment. I'm simply talking about how I draw comparisons to watching you, or if I'm playing myself a resident evil title, how like there are times where you're going into uncharted territory. You have no 
idea where the next typewriter room is <laughs> and your health's low, uh, your ammo's low, and you're like, I, I need to find a safe one. I don't want to die. <laughs> and then you finally, you see it and you're like, oh, thank God. And you have, once again, you have that exhale. You have that relief. So it's nice that, that, that Elden Ring has that as well. And honestly, I mean, Sekiro had their own version of that. So I do want to pivot from this and just get like the obvious out of the way, which is the fact that the game is gorgeous. Like this is true. Riz. This is one of those games that definitely shows off the next gen experience. Uh, as far as I'm concerned, in my opinion, it doesn't matter where I'm going. I mean, from the moment that I get introduced to this open world and you see the splendor of everything and the draw distance and, you know, you're, you're going around if you're in a swamp or if you're in the castle towers or you're in like some grave site or, you know, the meadows or whatever. I mean, like the game is so beautiful. Like, like there are so many times where I've just stopped and just looked around in admiration. Really? I mean, have, have you had that experience? I have in certain places and other places. No. Um, so like when you first get to Limgrave, it, it's not that pretty. I mean, there's a, there's a distance you can see up. You're like, man, it's kind of foggy and eerie sort of thing. Uh, and it's like that throughout most of the beginning experience. And then once you get kind of past that castle, like the sun comes out and like, oh, like warm sunlight. <laughs> and then like the greens start getting greener and the sky gets bluer. I'm like, oh, this is gorgeous. Yeah. Uh, and so it, it has those times where it can get really pretty. Other times it, it is pretty dreary. Um, but I mean, even the dreary aspects of it too, I feel like have, and when I say beautiful and gorgeous too, it's not just the things that are literally beautiful and gorgeous, but like the sheer artistry that has gone into each and every type of like prop and environmental asset. I mean, you look at those things and it, they have a tremendous amount of detail, right? Even if they're nasty and depressing and soggy and whatever else. Right. Yeah. I will say too, though, um, even when they're soggy and depressing, uh, when you're at a, like there, there's certain grace points with that glow, uh-huh. no matter how terrible it looks outside, that glow is so warm. It's so inviting. It is. And it, and it, and it, it very nice contrast with everything else outside the little campfire yeah. area, you know, it but looks I mean, so cheery. <laughs> this is my world right here. Yeah. yeah. I don't want to leave it. <laughs> safe place. <laughs> oh boy. Or better yet. Safe space. Safe space yeah. Um, I found a happy place. <laughs> <laughs> so I, what I, what I will say on top of the, uh, the environments though, are all of the enemies, Russ, all of your foes, I would say are better than the environments because you look at them and you have like this sense of wonder and amazement of like the different armor and the colors and their attacks and the amount of cloth and clothing that moves when they swing or jump. And like with the, I mean, it, you're afraid and you're excited at the same time to face <laughs> another enemy that's like, you look amazing. I wish I looked like you. Like, I no, no, no. Absolutely yeah. terrified, but at the same time, you look amazing. <laughs> Who does like your costume? Yeah. I, want, I want the same thing. <laughs> Can I pillage your corpse when I'm done? And um, you're you're farther along than I am. I mean, like, um, 
I think you have, yeah, you've, you've gotten past the castle. You, you sounded like you were making your way north beyond the castle. I'm not beyond the castle. I'm still in the castle. I'm still traversing. Like, did you spend time on the actual rooftops of the castle towers? You can actually like yes. scale those and like like inch your way like <laughs> don't fall, your way. don't fall, don't yeah, fall. Yeah, exactly. And there there are like little uh treasures and oh yeah, there's swag and loot to be found. Yeah. I'm glad it wasn't just window dressing. I'm glad like you actually can interact with that. Yeah. You can fall down to secret places and almost die in the yes. process. <laughs> you um, fall like break both your legs, your bones are <laughs> protruding out of your kneecaps. You're like, yeah. wait, wait, wait. I'm right as right. It's like the same ointment as from Resident Evil 8. <laughs> like, oh, I'm just sitting here. What is the, the, like, hey. no, the, the, the chem fluid. Yeah, the, the chem, chem fluids, fluid. yeah. <laughs> uh, nothing, it's fine. <laughs> right as rain. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, boy. So, yeah. So, I wish I took a picture of the map. I'll look at my phone in a second. But I, so, I have, I would, I mean, I don't know how big the map is. But, I mean, I have... Traverse, dude, it's huge. A lot, yeah. I mean, um, have, I you, have you gone south at all? Yes, I've gone about as far south as I can go because after that, there's just uh, ocean drop off and you can't swim. Okay, so you you have traversed all the way down as far south as you can. like. There's a castle down there as well. It's a small castle. Yeah, and yeah. then there's other stuff too that I haven't even like really looked at. I just I got to the castle and I got curious. I was like, ooh, what's in here? And yeah. So, <laughs> um, so you've gone as far down and now you're going north. Yes. So and the enemies over there are are not that difficult. They're kind of sort of like the enemies in Limgrave. They're not too much different. Okay. And so I thought, okay, I can at least get some experience and, and travel down there and see, you know, what's going on. And so I get there, you meet some more enemies. They're not that much stronger. There is a boss, um, but he was surprisingly easy. In that castle? Yeah. Oh. You actually have to, he's not in the castle, in the castle. You get to the castle, then you drop off like the, one of the back walls. And then um, you can kind of, there's a little land area, then you keep on kind of control falling down oh, weird and then you get all the way to, like there's a drawbridge like to nothing and then you just you know climb the ladder down and then you're basically on like the moat i guess i don't know okay and right near there there's an area small little like um mother-in-law castle it's very small Mo- <laughs> <laughs> mother-in-law it's like one of those like extensions you put on your house yeah exactly and, and of course, like the, like the the yellow fog or the colored fog is right there right. that you have to go through. And so then I just meet a bad guy. I'm like, hey, how you doing? He goes, hey, how you doing? And I was like, I don't but like you. Said you. He, and he actually was wasn't, dead. It wasn't that as hard as some of the others. Well, I only died like three times. Well, that is surprising just because I recall when I when I first took the elevator up and, I, and you see like those weird demon looking creatures yes. with the wings and stuff. They are so aggressive. They are. And like, I've, I haven't been able to get past them. Like I, I would like whittle them down to like two left or something. And then they, they would just off me. So, you know, what's worse though, Russ, it's not the demon looking. I know the ones you're talking about, Yeah, but in the castle you're at, yes, the winged like eagle looking creatures are even worse because they have like those long, sharp talons. Yeah. They dive bomb you and slice you and the I actually, I have like on rare occasion, I struggle with them, but for the most part, I actually do okay. Mm. And I think it's due to two different factors. One of them being that I have this like fireball 
spell. I don't know if you have it or not, but I have no spells. You have no spells. I just have ashes. Well, okay, so you're the vagabond class, correct? Yes. Yeah. Okay, so I'm the confessor class. So I, it's kind of like a hybrid between the vagabond and like a, I guess, arcane class like that. So I do have um, certain options to be able to to wield some of this stuff. So um, when I use the fireballs, I can actually hit them with a pretty decent accuracy. And then the other thing is, is that I've recently come into possession of this one particular sword. I can't remember the name of it off the top of my head, but it's like this super long sword. Like it almost is like the length of a javelin, but it's not a javelin because I have the javelin as well. I think I know that it's called like the epi epi. Yeah, or something. yeah that, that, that's, that's what it yeah. is. Yeah. So, um, highly useful against those birds with like the blades on their, on their talons and stuff as they go around because that thing is so long. I mean, essentially I just take a defensive position and then as they come in, I let them do like their initial strike. And then you know how you can do the counter attack with the right trigger. Like you do a successful block hit right trigger immediately. And then it has that ching. And then you go forward and, and you, you uh, hit them. Those birds don't last very long against that particular weapon. So I've been having some pretty good luck with that. And even like the ones that are on steroids where it's like they have both the blades and some kind of flamethrower apparatus on their head. I'm yeah. just like, what the heck is this? So <sighs> Dr. Evil made those things. I do think it's appropriate to be able to bring up, um, this particular YouTube cartoon that we have seen yes. and um, very well made. I, I want to make sure I give proper credit. I, I have it queued up here. I just want to no. take a look. Just at, put the uh, link in the description. I, I will indeed, Steve. But um, yes, Carbot Animations. I had no idea it even existed prior to stumbling upon this particular animation, but it was one of those instances where I was feeling so frustrated because again, it, it's like, welcome back to the party, a-hole, you know? And like, Jeez. you know, I was just beat down so much. I'm like, golly, <laughs> man, why didn't I get back? I promised myself after Secura I wouldn't do this. And I was reminded once more about how even during Sekiro, like, like there were moments where I was so mad. I was so upset. But what was cathartic, what actually helped me through it was you go on YouTube and there are tons of gamers out there that are having the same experiences that I am and they document it on there. And I mean, you, some of it is just so funny because I can relate. It's like a relatable kind of anger kind of thing where like you start laughing and you hear these people raging because like they just don't understand why they can't defeat like a certain enemy or whatever. And you, it, it generates a sense of community unto itself. And I think that's part of like kind of the from software community, right? Is like everybody kind of bands together and has these water cooler moments of like how badly they got their butts kicked or whatever. <laughs> and, um, you know, that, that was the case with Sekiro. And once again, it was the case with uh, Elden Ring. And so there is this one animation in particular that he has done called So I Tried Elden Ring. And again, it's uh, if you go on YouTube, just look for Carbot Animations. It is hysterical. It is so funny. Right. I feel like like <laughs> like this guy, this, he's, he's this really talented animator. He has this gift of being able to like pull out the very like key types of situations or moments. And it's just hilarious to watch because I, like I said, I just, I feel like, like he really, 
I don't know. He, he hit the nail on the head. What yeah. do you think? No, it, it was hilarious. Um, I've watched it like 10 times. Yeah, I know. I've seen it. <laughs> I'm looking at it. I, I saw that at work. I'm like, how oh, It's like, there's got to be something. And I'm like looking at online stuff. I'm like, these people are so far like, where I am. Like, I, 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 there's no strategy for yeah, it right yeah, now. Yeah. And so I I stumbled on it. Probably when my phone goes, oh, you're talking about Elder Ring a lot. <laughs> we'll send you something, you know, so that, that dawned on my phone. I'm like, huh. It's like the one time your phone takes pity on you as it yeah. eavesdrops and spies on you. <laughs> right, exactly. So I watched that, and that was so hilarious. I sent it out to some friends. It was, yeah, he he did a great job. And apparently, we're not the only people to know about it because he's had, like, quite a oh. few million views. Absolutely. And, there, I mean, there have been... Um, Various types of well-known websites that have also featured it and picked it right. up and that sort of thing. And I will say too, I started looking through. I mean, just a little bit. I still need to go through like his entire catalog. But I was looking through some of his Overwatch stuff, and I found one that just again, it just hits the nail on the head, which was Torbjorn, right. and how like you know you play as Torbjorn quite a bit when we play Overwatch, and how yeah. one of the running gags is how you'll get play of the game a lot, but like. The actual like replay is so like anticlimactic. Like it's like <laughs> it shows you just dying and then like your turrets just taking everybody out and you're just like, whoa, <laughs> what is going on? And so he made an animation of that as well, which is just, I mean, it's so funny. Like his animations are just so good. And even like the sound effects, like, I mean, like, like you hear Toy Roar, I think like he got like an arrow through the eye or something. <laughs> and you hear him go, oh, <laughs> he just goes plop. <laughs> this is uh, so funny. So anyway, kudos to, to the guy who, who puts that together because that's just brilliant as far as I'm concerned. It's funny. It is funny. It's really fine. You know, I have a suggestion they make on the game though too, Russ, is um, so what's something I've noticed, I was talking with a friend of mine. He was like, that's on purpose. I'm like, no, yeah, maybe it is, maybe it's not, but it could be definitely be better, which is the amount of like, I don't know what you, you would know the name, of it, but I want to say it's polygon breakup or polygon bleed through where like if if I'm walking towards a wall and maybe I'm a, my weapon is, is big, my weapon goes through the wall, like through the brick wall, through the stone. Yeah. Except it's not mine that doesn't because it won't work that way. The enemies will. And so I'll have this big, like, thudding, you know, <laughs> massive skyscraper enemy coming my, my way. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm just going to run away. You can't catch me. And then I'll run through a corridor. I'm like, you're too small. And he'll just kind of go, like, through the really? brick and through the wood. And I'm like, wait a second. I'm in a small cave. How, like, you're three stories high. How can you, and does and it just looks and they and I've heard that's on purpose because like the writers of the game don't want you running, <laughs> they want you fighting. They want you fighting. Yeah. And I thought, okay, well I get that, but like program more moves in there, you know that that he can like reach in like grab you if you're hiding someplace. And I just bang the table. That's okay. That's my funny bone. Um, <laughs> Feel a little static on the <laughs> fingertips. <laughs> I uh, have the power. So like that, I was I was transported to like this area, the way top of the map. Actually, I took a picture over here, Russ. Um, and I forgot. See, see right there where the round table is. Yes. And then you look all the way up. Well, I'm the picture. Yeah, you now. really teleported up to the top, didn't you? All the way to the top. Right. You're and not supposed to be. I'll bet you that's probably like close to the the end game. I bet like you did you did you see stuff where like did, did you like insta die? <laughs> 
For a long time, yes, yeah. I did. And I finally bested him, but there was like this big tin man looking giant. And he's laying there just taking a nap. Enough, taking a nap. <laughs> and he gets up and he's got an axe. And there were times where he would swing the axe. And I'm like, yes, you'll dodge. And then he would get on all fours and go, oh, like oh. get an extra reach. And I'm like, oh, no. And he would like reach all the way across the little battle area. Oh, wow. And so I thought, okay, well, so he can do that. But then when I'm kind of in a, in a nook somewhere and, and like the axe goes <laughs> like right past <laughs> like the hair on my nose, you know, on my beard sticking out, um, you know, he'll just bleed through the wall and then just kill me anyway. I haven't noticed too much of that. I've seen it a little bit like in the castle area, for instance, um, there are those knights that are kind of walking around guarding. And there will be uh, moments where like, they're just, they're too big. Like they can't fit through like a specific door type. Other right. doors they do, you know, they'll, they'll, sure. ch- they will chase you down. Right. Uh, but there are other instances where the door is just too small or they just don't have um, proper routing um, algorithms right. you know, designed for the NPC. So like they just, they're, they're designed to stay within that space, but they will like, you know, if they do like a swing, like their weapon may halfway, um, cut through the the walls, and that's that's kind of a collision detection right. issue. Or sometimes too, like I'll whittle an enemy down, and then he'll go, he'll fall for a second, right. like to catch his breath, and leave himself vulnerable. That's what you call stagger, or he'll yeah become yeah staggered, and then I'll go try and take advantage of that, but then like he'll bleed through the ground. So like his weak oh, spot to the ground, like let's. And that doesn't happen often. Yeah, I mean, that, let me, that's let me put that out rare. There. That doesn't happen very often, but it happens just enough where I'm like, you notice it. Yeah, I noticed it. Or this lasted a couple nights ago. I was facing that white dragon, Agheel, like something like that. He's in Limgrave. He's in the little water area in Limgrave. The the white dragon in Limgrave. Yeah, you're talking about the one in the swamp. Well, it's not really a. It's like you no, know, it's not really a swamp. I mean, it's just kind of like a little water area. It's water, not swamp water. But you're talking about like kind of in the the initial area of the map. Yeah, like the one that flies in, like yeah. like like scares the pants, yeah. scares the armor off you. Yeah. yeah. Well, he he's kind of more kind of a grayish color. Well, he's not he's, white. Well, off white. Yeah, I was pretty. I, I thought he was kind of like a weird like uh, tan. He wasn't. He was probably like a faded white. I don't know about gray, but yeah. anyway. So at some point he flies up. Gosh, it's so epic and so terrifying. Yeah, You're just like, <gasps> and the fire looks amazing too. Yes. Like, I, I died by the fire and I'm like, oh man, yeah, I understand how I died. But man, that was, <laughs> wow, that was so well done. Anyway, so he flies up and he lands back up on that hill. And that's basically where that other church is, where this, that first merchant would be. And where that golden knight is riding. Yeah. And so I thought, hey, I'm going to get the golden knight to chase me. The dragon's going to chase me. They're going to like, you know, hit each other and I'm going to like, you know, come out on top. Yeah. And then all of a sudden the dragon just goes and just fizzles <laughs> away and then refizzles. I've seen that. Like, yeah. Not with a dragon though. <sighs> yeah. Yeah. I, I think the, the game designers have uh, figured that out. I beat that golden knight, by the way, Ross. So did I. Did you? I did. The one on the wow. horse? Yeah. It took me, oh, you know, about uh, 15,564 tries. Mm. But I did. What was really funny was there was one moment I didn't beat him this particular round, but we got into this mode where I was on torrent and like the horses were kind of like this. And so I was constantly turning into him because I wanted to be close to him because one of his um, strengths really is the, the reach that he has with his weapon. So we were literally doing ring around the Rosie with the horses 
And I, you know, I was able to like, you know, just whittle away <laughs> like on bing, the bing, hind bing, quarters bing, bing, of, bing. of the horse. And it was, I found myself laughing because it just, it kept going and going. It was round and round and round. And I'm just praying. I'm like, please just, just keep it. Like if I could just keep this going and it was a total cheese move, but like if I, could, if I could just keep it going, I could actually beat him. I got his health down to like that much. And then I think he, I staggered him. And then I made the mistake of getting too excited and I changed positions and wanted to try and do like the finishing blow in front. I should have just stayed where I was. It was my fault. And he totally took me out and I was just like, no, but, but having said that though, how, I mean, it was one of those memorable moments that was so funny. Like just, you know, it's when the, the whole <laughs> combat mechanics can get a little funny and goofy and you're just like, I don't care. This is great. You know, you're doing your thing, but yeah, eventually I, I was able to take him out. I have found it's not good to be on your horse with the other horse dudes. Well, I mean, it might be for some, for me, it's not. You mentioned that. And I have actually, I had the, the opposite experience where I've actually had more luck being on my horse against other foes on their horses. But it could be because of my weapon choice. What, what, what are you using as your weapon? What's your, what's your fave? Well, for the most part, I've been using like the, I think it's a mace. It's like basically like a spiked ball at the end of like this big, not a huge rod, but I mean, you know, it's, it's a medium sized rod. Is it a flail or is it a morning star? Mm, I want to say it was the morning star because there's no chain attached to the ball. The ball is like on the pole itself. So I mean, so I've been using that for the most part up until recently, like I was saying, like I have the, what you, you said? It was like that long Epsi sword or something. Estee or, or what's it? Ep, Epi? Yeah, Epi? Rust? Yeah, that one. I'm still learning. The, Sounds about right. The names of it. But that mm. also was helpful just because it acted, you know, kind of similar to a javelin. My favorite is the halibird. I don't know if I've got that one yet. I got, that was like one of the first weapons I got in Limgrave. Oh. And so um, I used that because I wanted extra reach between me and the other enemy. I didn't want to like get all the fisticuffs and like clinkety clanketing with the swords. I wanted it some distance. And so when he thrusts the halibird, it will stagger a lot of enemies very, very quick. Yeah. And when you're approaching a knight on a horse, he's trying to, he has that kind of an arc, right? Because he's trying to, he he's not, on your level on the ground, so he's not swinging at your level, and so it's easier to dodge. And then I just go back to, to to hitting the horse, and eventually he gets knocked off the horse. Yeah, and then he's laying there on the ground, you know, <laughs> and you can knock off a couple more hits that way, and then it's pretty much you know your your game at that point. I did recently take out the one knight that appears at night. Yes, um, on the bridge. Um, and then again, this is in the kind of the original area that you start out in, but there's that bridge that leads up to the castle gate and he appears at night and it takes, I mean, it takes a while, to, at least in my experience to take him out, but I finally did. So I felt really accomplished with that. The first castle. Yeah. I don't think it's South that. of the first castle. So like you're in kind of like the general vicinity of like, you know, like where the, the golden knight on his horses. It's kind of like Northwest from there. Have you not encountered this one yet, Steve? I don't believe I have. I've, I've encountered the one all the way to like the South. That was the first one. I got. I, I saw that one once 
guy's awesome. Um, and then I beat a guy. Uh, I found one in the red area. Okay. Wherever that place is called. <laughs> I forgot the name of it. Are you talking about to the east? Yes. Well, I mean, all the ground is like kind of tan and green. This area is like red. But yes, it's on that the, the right side of the map. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, hard, it's hard. Yeah, it's hard to not see it. So I got that one. And then recently I got one to like the northwest. Yeah, see, you've played this game a whole lot more. I mean, you, you've encountered way more enemies and gotten farther than I have, which is great. I mean, I, I'm, I'm happy for you. I think it's it's fantastic that you're clearly, I mean, it's, it sounds to me like you're clearly enjoying the game. Yeah, I'll say so. Yeah. Fifty-five hours. I mean, that, that's yeah. that's that's not bad at all. I mean, and you're sticking with it and everything else. Thanks. I do want to comment on how magical the open world is because I feel like this is one of the stars of the show. You can tell that, like, and and this is you know no secret. I think that other folks have been talking about this as well. But like, there is a nod to. Um, Zelda Breath of the Wild in terms of when they released that game and it had, it was kind of one of the first attempts at open world that was successful. And one of the key ingredients to that formula was how you have to have points of interest within the open world itself because they're intentionally keeping the HUD at a minimum. They don't want to like tell you too much stuff and they want to encourage you to actually do this whole search and discovery experience. Well, how do you do that? How do you get the gamer to be curious and go, oh, I wonder what's over that ridge? Oh, I see a fire going over there. I wonder what's happening at that location. And I feel like both Breath of the Wild and with Elden Ring, you, they have succeeded in that where, I mean, you just, you're blissfully immersed in this world and the story is not readily you know, available to tell you and that sort of thing, at least the amount that we've been playing so far. But I find that to be okay because I'm literally kind of crafting and creating my own story based on the experiences that I've had. And I think that, that there's a, a huge part of that has to do with how meticulous they have been with the layout of this world. I mean, this world is ginormous. It's huge. But at the same time, it's like, I never feel like overwhelmed necessarily. Like I'll feel kind of like wide-eyed whereas like if i'm going to a new location I'm like i've never been here before what is this about whatever but that's a good thing like that that's a a great thing because i'm all excited and i want to see like what's around the corner and that sort of thing and i feel like that is a strong testament to like what the open world experience is versus something that is more of a linear path and i think that you know certain other games like like resident evil for instance like like the resident evil village um, it's not open world, but they've definitely made it more open than previous installments of Resident Evil. And especially in the sense that you can like revisit, um, certain areas and, 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 you know, like they, they do lock off certain parts until you've gotten the special key right. or whatever. And then you unlock more and that, you know, that's kind of traditional when it comes to that game. The hexagon, the key, <laughs> yeah. the, the circle, the, the, the tri circle color key. I'm like, oh, why can't I just get one from Home Depot and just lock it? Yeah. <laughs> the unicorn licking Medusa's yeah. head. Oh, I got it. I'm like, oh, who thought of this one? Yeah. I put that on my keychain. <laughs> anyway, I do think um, that is one of the, the, the stars of Elden Ring is, in fact, how they've been so successful in implementing this open world. What are your thoughts on that? 
Yes. I mean, I, I think it all goes back to um, partly the open world, but partly also the story. I mean, um, there's, from what I understand, that there's quest lines that you follow, but your your character yourself doesn't have a story. So there's like, there's a fundamental story that's in the background and then you follow different quest lines that will reach, you know, kind of, I guess, a, a different ending of the, the backdrop story. They have multiple, I've heard yeah. that they have multiple endings in this game. Yeah. Um, but I, I, I can appreciate the open world, but at some point I, I want some more direction. I just don't want to kind of wander around aimlessly throughout the rest of the world. You know, I... I want to know where to go without having to look up on YouTube, you know, or, or Reddit or Google. Like, what am I supposed to do? Like, okay, I know. I mean, at some point I have to get to the next spot on the map. Uh-huh. And some of these spots are blocked off too. You can't get there unless you find the key or the right glimmer stone or something like, I don't know. Um, and so they do some of that. Um, I don't know. I, I would, I would just like a little bit more guidance, I would say. So I appreciate the open world, but maybe it's a little bit too much. Maybe if they backed off a little bit and said, okay, here are like, you know, some suggestions or hints on like the direction you should go. For example, you talk to an NPC in the beginning of the game. Mm-hmm. He just gives you like some one liners. Oh, you're maidenless. Yeah. You got to go find Godric. Yeah. I don't know where he is. Yeah. You know, you're like, okay, I guess I'll just wander around a bit. Yeah. Godric, you know? Uh, and then I wound up at the castle and then he's, he was there or he was after the castle. I was like, ah, you made it. I'm like, oh, that's the guy from the beginning. I, I, okay. You know, and then afterwards you meet up with somebody else and you talk to somebody at the round table and you, but it's all like I'm finding it in error or I'm stumbling on it. Mm. Um, and so while I'm, I am having a good time, I would have a better time if I knew like what to do. Yeah. I think the, the story is to a certain degree intentionally vague. There is kind of a nebulous trait that I too have been noticing. And I think when it comes to the open world, like they, they kind of are, I think they want to encourage players to want to almost kind of create, like I mentioned earlier, create your own story to a certain extent within kind of this overarching narrative that they have in there. And again, the overarching narrative, at least as far as we've gotten so far, um, I mean, I know that there are these other lords or whatever who, you know, have bested other tarnished um, in combat. And that's why, like, like that one boss, like, graphs on a bunch of, like, the the bested adversaries. Like, like he takes their arms or whatever and sticks, you know, graphs them onto his body. And there's just kind of like this um, sense of grotesque... Um, I don't even know what really what the word is, but like they've kind of lost themselves. They become like these <laughs> dark souls unto themselves, <laughs> um, you know, completely enamored and, and um, you know, taken with their own kind of dark narcissism and power and that sort of thing. And if that's as far as the overall arching narrative goes, that's one thing. But at the same time, like going through, like I think that they have done a tremendous job in, in, it's like, it's like they create these buffers that are not impossible to get through or past, but like, it's like this subtle kind of movement that they do through the game design of the open world. We're like, yeah, if you want to go to the, like probably the part of the map where like the end boss of all in bosses exists and that's where you beat the game, you can go there if you want. 
you're most likely not going to survive unless you're like an Elden Ring from software combat master, right? And even then it's going to take you forever to take out that boss because you're so weak. Um, but the point is, is that even that notwithstanding, like, like you, you go through different parts of the world and it's like, Oh wow. Like the enemies in this particular area are definitely harder than the enemies that I was just at. Now you have to, as the player, figure out, okay, can I roll with these guys or are they too strong and I need to come back later? And I think that's where the magic is. Is like, I'll hit certain points in the game where I almost kind of get these like tunnel vision situations where I, I see like a certain boss or I'll see like a, a an enemy class and I'll get killed by them. And so then I want to just try again and try again and try again. And I'll start to start feel um, somewhat frustrated by it. But at the same time, there will be a moment where like I, I kind of pause myself and I go, wait a minute, I'm banging my head up against this particular baddie. I'll just go somewhere else. I'll check out something else. And like, there has never been at least in, in my 25 hours or so of, of, of playthrough where like I was ever kind of like at a point where like I, I couldn't do anything else. There's always something to do. There's always a place to go or whatever, but you have to kind of train and condition your mind to think that way where it's like, I'm clearly not making any progress at this spot. It's fine. There's a point of grace. I can fast travel back there again. If I need to, I'm going to go over here now and check out what's going on. And as a result, like I have several bosses like that dragon, for instance, in that like kind of marshy area, I've never defeated that dragon. I've died so many times, but it's all good because like I'll, I'll fight him for a bit and see if I can best him. If I don't, it's like, okay, that's cool. Then I'll go over to like, like the night on the bridge, for instance. And like, you know, recently there was an instance where I actually took him out. So I'm like, yes. And you get to, to move on from there. I also wanted to talk. So um, I do have, have uh, another critique about the game. I want to be uh, certain that you've also had this experience because you've had more playtime than I have. The thing is, is I've noticed that if you um, interact with a door or an object, basically something that causes like a little notification to appear at the bottom of the screen that has text on there, like describes like, oh, the door only opens from the other side or, or whatever right. it is. I've noticed, okay, sometimes I get jumped. Like as I'm doing that, I think, I think it, like it's all clear. And then all of a sudden, like some enemies will jump me, like literally like start slashing at me and stuff like that from behind or whatever. And I'll turn around to engage and I can't do anything. Like I try and dodge, the dodge button doesn't work. I try to attack, the attack button doesn't respond. And they end up killing me. And I'm like, what the heck happened? What is going on? This game never has had this type of issue. I found out, I discovered that you have to press the Y button to close the notification at the bottom of the screen in order to re-enable all of the other buttons on the controller. This needs to be fixed yesterday because um, every other experience I've had within the game, it's been fair. Like it, like the combat is fair. Like I have been punished. Like you will not believe, or maybe you do because you're playing along too. But like I've never felt cheated necessarily by um, the battles I've had. However, this instance, this is actually a bug that needs to be fixed within the game because if they're going to have enemies that are going to come out and try and take me on while a notification's on screen, either that notification should automatically go away 
or I should have full range of my combat skills with a notification still on screen that's at the bottom. It's not like the game pauses, and that, or that's another option. Pause, have the game pause until after I have dismissed that notification overlay that appears because that is extremely frustrating when like you've made some, some progress, you haven't gotten to like another point of grace yet. Ah. And then you have to start to get over from the last point of grace that you have. Yeah. Have you had that happen to I, you? I have had that happen every once in a while where um, I can still move. Like I can still run around, but I can't swing. I can't dodge. I can't block. <clears throat> um, so all like the, you know, the defense, you know, mechanisms are, are gone. I can just basically walk around. Yeah. So, Yes, I have had that. Pivoting away from that. Oh. I did want to share with you something that um, will help you out as well as all of the players who are playing this game who um, are kind of more toward the beginning of the game like I am. If you go east, like again, it's, it's that kind of reddish area. It, it doesn't look very charming. It, in fact, it looks way more dreadful and threatening than other parts I've been to. I found myself just being curious and going, I'm just going to go over here and see what's going on. I suddenly came across certain parts where like, um, I would see like, you know, some of those, like, I don't know what you call them, but they're almost like stone fences from like the medieval days where like, it's not a fence fence, but like, you know, it's like a bunch of stones that have been like layered on top of each other and they kind of like go along like the main path or whatever. And they, they just kind of act as like a, I don't know, like, like a, it's maybe a better way of saying it would be like, or actually a better way of describing it. You know, like when you're on the, on the freeway and they have those big concrete dividers or it's barriers, like, like a concrete guardrail kind of. Yeah. Like that. Only the medieval version is like a bunch of stones that have been stacked on top of each other and that sort of thing. Anyway, you would know what I'm talking about. If, if you saw it anyway, I came across some that were like, not necessarily on fire, but like, like had been like you could tell like a while ago had been on fire. So now that's like still kind of glowing with embers and stuff. Yeah. yeah smoldering. Thank you, Steve. That's a good word. Ah. Smoldering. Yeah. I know you give a good smolder expression, smoldering Steve. Smoldering Steve. Exactly. Smoldering Steve. Anyway, I, I suddenly realized, Oh, I'm in dragon territory and it's not just one dragon. But like I started seeing a second dragon mm. and a third dragon and yes. a fourth. And I'm like, whoa, there are quite a few dragons that are around here. And then I came across the white dragon. Have you seen the white dragon, Steve? Is that a dragon that's kind of dying there? It's kind of laying around. You can't get up. Yeah. Just like, yeah. I, I just, yeah. The thing is, I don't even know how big it is. Like I was looking at that and, and it dwarfed all the other like baby esque or like teenager dragons or whatever. Yeah. The juvenile dragons. <laughs> the juvenile dragons. Yeah. Um, and I got to say it was fantastic because the thing doesn't fight back. Like I snuck up on it and I was able to start hacking away and it just, I mean, it roared and I was like, Oh crap. Now all the other dragons are going to come take me out, but they never did. And it took me a while, but I eventually whittled it down. It gave me 74,000 runes. Yeah, I think that depends on your level, Russ. Because I <laughs> just defeated that, and I only got 50,000 runes. Oh, really? Yep. Interesting. But a friend of mine did it, and he said he got, like, I think also 70,000 runes or 80,000 runes or something like that. So I, and like, I think it depends on your level. And then once you uh, just get tired of hacking and slashing the thing, it finally gives up the ghost. The fire ghost. 
then it gives you some sort of runes. But yeah, I, I was surprised I didn't get that many. Well, I, I actually I'm not surprised. I mean, if I battle it out, I mean, I hope I better get rewarded. At that that guy, I was like, man, there's like five or six of these juvenile dragons everywhere. How am I going to defeat all these things? And then I just kind of got behind his wing and then yeah. behind his leg. And then the juvenile dragon's like, just, we can't see him anymore. Yeah, he's around there somewhere. We'll figure it out. And so I just kept on whittling around on that ankle and that thigh. And yeah. just kept on hitting him and then he was dead and that was it. I was like, oh, Wasn't right. that like, I mean, uh, such a visual spectacle though. I mean, even without it flying around and doing everything else, I, I was taken by kind of the majesty of the visual setup of that. I was just like, wow, that is super cool. And that is the, um, the one time where I all of a sudden got 74,000 runes. So then I was able to actually apply some leveling up to um, various attributes that I have, which is great um, because I haven't done any farming yet. And I know you were telling me about some other location where like, if you go to, you can take out a certain enemy class and they actually give you a lot of runes or something. Right. Yeah. So basically where, where I found is um, I'm sure other people have found it too, but in Limgrave, where you go through the the castle, just like beginning of the game, and then you find the little shack on the right. If you kind of just keep on arcing around and don't go back down that path, that initial path that you walked up through. Wait, which path again? When you walk up through the the storm gate and okay. Limgrave, so you kind of arc to the right. There's an area. Um, there where there's like five trolls walking around. Are you talking about the giants? I think they're trolls, but yeah, they're, they're giants. Giant. They are giants. <laughs> giant, giant trolls. Giant trolls. Um, just like the one that falls down in yeah. that one area. There's like yep. five of them. Yeah, I and know so, the area. And so they so all you go, start, you go to the right? Correct. You go, you go east? Correct. Or you mean just basically I gotta just do a loop. You, you get up through that path and it goes up and you kind of arc back around, circle okay. back around. And there's five of them there. They're just kind of wandering around and you get all their attention. Like you ride by and you go, hey, yeah, slap, slap them on the rump. Them on the rump. <laughs> and other like, <laughs> and so then they all start like coming after you and um, they do so much area damage. All you got to do is kind of just stay close, but go in circles and avoid them. And they'll eventually just kill each other. The, the giant trolls. Yes. There'll be like one left, but he'll have like, Either all, you know, most of his life, half his life, or like no life left, and you just go, <laughs> and then he just dies. But don't those only give you like a thousand runes each? Yeah, I thought so. I thought there was another section that like you had like found a point of grace too, and you were able to fast travel too. And like apparently, like they gave like really generous amounts of runes, but like you have to be on your guard because they're tough, or they're kind of tough. Uh, that, this has been the best spot because there's a grace point that's around there. And so you can go there, just wander around for a few minutes. They all kill each other and then you go back to the grace point, come back and they all do the same thing. At least in the oh, beginning, so you just respawn. Just re yeah, exactly. Yeah. And so, um, it's a quick way to build up or add on to the rune amount that you already have. And so that's what I'll do is if I have 3,000 runes or 10,000 runes or 13, 15, and I'm like, I don't want to keep contending with the game. I'd rather just go back and farm a little bit, level up so that I have like 800 or in somewhere between like, you know, 100 and 800 where I'm okay. It's not the end of the world if I die and lose them, right? But I've already upgraded and then I'll continue the game. Yeah. Well, thank you for that, Steve. You're welcome. 
to uh, wrap up this particular topic, um, tell us just, just some final thoughts on, obviously you're still playing through the game. You haven't beaten the game. I haven't beaten it. <sighs> but, uh, um, but until we actually do beat the game and, and talk about it uh, a bit more, do you have any uh, final thoughts on this? Too? I would say the only, like the final thought I would have, because I, I know we're kind of running out of time. Um, one thing I haven't really said is a small little criticism, Ooh. really. The people you interact with that are not the enemies. Um, <laughs> the only people that they're kind to you. Yes. Uh, in the game, I'm surprised on how like very calm low, they are. Well, not necessarily <laughs> calm. Well, yes, calm, but really? like very low detail they are. Oh. Like uh, you would walk up to them, and some of them, like you can't even tell their 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 faces even moving while they're they're speaking or expressing. They're just That's kinda, true. Yeah. Hey, how you doing? Yeah, I got like a I got a mask on. I can see you, you know, uh, but I kind of thought, okay, I'm supposed to interact with these people to find out the story if there's no cutscene, and yet they're the most basic things in this beautiful game. Like the, the scenery is beautiful. The environments are beautiful. Yeah. The, the enemies are spectacular. And then you have these NPCs that you must speak with to either get something from or discover the story or a quest line. And, they don't look next gen like whatsoever. Yeah, no, that that's definitely a fair point because I've noticed that as well. And that, yeah, we'll we'll stick that with uh, some of the other critiques that we've had uh, regarding the game. But again, um, those types of uh, critiques are, are few and far between. But I'm sorry, yeah. continue, Steve. So, but anyhow, no, I uh, I guess you know to wrap up, I would say so far um, this year, it's it's probably my favorite game uh, that I've played. Oh, right on. Yeah, so I I would say I. Towards the end of the year, when we have our list, this will most likely be part of it. Now. Oh, nice! <laughs> well, welcome to From Software yes. Experience, Steve. I, uh, yeah, it's it's really funny for me um, in the sense that I never thought I would pick up another From Software title again because, uh, as I've already mentioned, Sekiro almost gave me a heart attack. Um, but yet here I am, and uh, I'm happy to be here. I think it's fantastic. Um, yeah, I, I share your sentiment. I think this is easily one of the best games of the year that we have seen so far. You know, one of the telltale signs I have for that is when I finally get done with my work for the day yeah, and I decide, Oh, you know, what game do I want to play? That game is what calls me out the strongest out of all the, the new games that I have yet to beat or, or play or whatever. I constantly go back to that game. And that is also part of the secret sauce of, of titles that are some of the best games of the year, uh, regardless of what year it is, is that when you when you feel compelled to, you know, make way in your gaming library for that particular title and, and, and continue to play it, there's something definitely to that. And I think in this instance, um, I'm so glad that I decided to, to give Elden Ring a try because... Um, the, the world truly is, I mean, like, like it's such a departure from what I have played and, and seen from previous from software titles. If I'm not mistaken, I mean, this is like kind of like their first real attempt at like an open world game and they've really outdone themselves. I mean, it, it, it is tremendous. Like when you think of like the sheer scale of this world and how amazing it looks how well laid out the, the the game design is. And honestly, you know, I was thinking about this too, about how there are multiple different classes of characters, you know, like you're the vagabond I'm playing as a confessor. There's like a, 
a, a bandit class, a, a thief class, a arcane class. I mean, there's many that I I can't think of off the top of my head. However, what I can say is that as I'm going through the open world, there have been so many instances where like different sections, I, I'll look at it and I'll be like, oh my gosh, if I was the archer class, I would have such an easier time in this particular section. Or there'd be another section where it's like, oh my gosh, like I could totally tell that me as the confessor class excels uh, within this particular pocket, right? Like, and, and I think that that is such a cool thing because that introduces replayability. Like it, the game creators want you to actually not just play through the game with one character class. They really do want you to create multiple characters and go through the game again and be able to experience what it's like to engage in combat with all these enemy types and stuff under these different types of attributes and strengths and weaknesses and stuff. That is tremendous in a game like this where like, I think you, someone like you and I could easily spend 150 to 200 hours in a single playthrough. And yet, you know, you have, I mean, it's almost like you're leaving money on the table in a way. If you think about how, like, if you don't try out these other classes, I mean, it's just like, my goodness, like you're not trying the whole (laughs) entire game. So hats off to them for that because it's definitely not throwaway. There's a lot of thoughtfulness that's going on in that. And and I, for one, um, am definitely looking forward to being able to slowly but surely make my way through the game. And, and I think I'm going to be dying a whole lot more. And that's perfectly fine. I, I expect that. As long as you keep coming back. Oh, I will. I will keep coming back indeed. That wraps up this episode of Joygasm. Thank you so much for hanging out with us. If you enjoyed this episode, we invite you to check out patreon.com slash joygasm where you can enjoy exclusive perks and early access to the show. Not to mention, it financially helps us doing joygasm. Also, make sure you obliterate that subscribe button and make that notification bell beg for mercy. That way you will not miss a single solitary episode of Joygasm, which drops once a week every week. And while you're at it, do a search for at Joygasm TV on your favorite social media platform of choice. We're on just about all of them. You can see behind the scenes photos and all kinds of whimsical nonsense going on in some of the videos and that sort of thing. Last but not least, do a search for Joygasm TV on Twitch to see us stream our gaming adventures live every Wednesday night at 9.30 p.m. Central Time. We are going to be looking forward to rounding up all of you again next week when we talk about Moon Knight on Disney+. Plus. We'll see you then.